Uh, hi, everyone. I'm here with Adam uh, Parnell. Um, he's the managing director of Simple Simple Treats. Let me get yeah. make sure I say that right. I mean, I see what you did there with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but so Simple uh, Treats. And um, so th th thanks, Adam, for being here, first of all. No, thank you. Really, really looking forward to this, Doug. Okay, good. All right. Well, just uh, first of all, can you just explain to everyone um, about sin, simple treats? What you know, what product services do you offer your customers, clients, and so on? How, how, what does it look like? Yeah, sure, sure. So we are predominantly a dessert business, um, and focusing heavily on the delivery side of that. Um, what we like to say our our purpose, uh, sort of our core focus, if you like, is that we want to we want to deliver moments that create an inner child smile for all of our customers. Um, Cause we're very aware in, in the world that we live in now that there's so many pressures from every walk of life uh, in particular for adults, in, especially. Um, and we feel that we don't want sort of treats, desserts, you know, they're kind of, they've, they've stood the test of time really. Um, and, you know, we like to deliver really indulgent treats um, whenever you feel you deserve it basically um and yeah it's a really exciting really exciting brand a fun brand for sure uh, so it's specializing in fresh milkshakes brownies cookie doughs all that waffles all the, all the good stuff really um but delivered in a way where it brings a personal touch from so many there's so many big massive business out there which kind of do it but they don't they don't do it with real love and passion um, they do it in a way where it's just about maximizing the bottom line and we kind of have a real strong focus on real well we put a very very bluntly we put um portion before profits so one of my big my big bugbears is like just when you see big brands just throwing out lots of food um and cutting corners and at the moment we feel like the customers need something that's when they want to indulge in a treat, they want it to be high quality. They want to see a good portion and they want it delivered with, with our own people. So another big thing about the brand is that we use our own drivers. For example, we don't, we don't outsource. Um, we have branded uniforms and we, we deliver a service at the door, things like, you know, we put cream on the milkshakes at the door for the customer sort of thing. So in a world where everything is kind of gone faceless, we're trying to stay very much um, customer focused and delivering amazing desserts and creating experience which yeah it's got so much more room to grow really so i hope that gives you a, a good kind of overview of where, where, where we're at and what we're trying to do yeah no that does thank thanks i mean in terms so you mentioned delivery are you is that primarily the way that you get your product into the hands of the customer yeah at the moment it is um obviously the pandemic kind of changed a lot of what we know about retail um so yeah we, we definitely changed our our model was always our model was born in sort of uh late 2018 19 20 sort of thing so just at the peak of when we really kind of got going just before the pandemic hit and it was a blessing in disguise really and we you know we that trend hasn't changed obviously the high streets reopen and, and whatnot but we're seeing that that demand isn't going away and if anything it's actually increasing even more so we're seeing that people want high quality delivered to the door now and you know competition is vast out there but it's definitely a route to market that's worked really really well for us although we're not shying away from the in-house experience either because that has a, a pivotal role as well um as people are coming so they still want that experience but we have to have a real hybrid model now and we see delivery as as, as paramount um for both corporate clients 
and sort of yeah, B2C as well. So we're not seeing that go away anytime soon. Um, yeah, so delivery is a massive important part of what we do. But again, we are roping. We've got lots of us strings to our bow, which we, we could play on around a corporate offering. Um, and also dining experience as well is really important to us, but dining with a with a difference. Right. All right. And and, and so in terms of uh, Simple Treats, the, the business, how did that start originally? And then how did you kind of get involved? Yeah, sure. I mean, so I, I, I'm i not co-founder. I was, you know, I didn't initially start the brands. Um, I love the brand. I really do. But I actually started from a, a friend of mine. I was working for a, a large FTSE 100 company um, based in Northamptonshire and in a, in a sales role there. So and my, and my colleague at the time decided to, to leave a, a well-paid job to, to start his own business, a small bakery in a, in a small town at the time. Um and I thought it was crazy. I thought it was crazy to kind of leave his, his position and, and take that leap. Like so many young people out there, you know, they've got a really good corporate job and, but they're somewhat unsatisfied, unfulfilled. Um, and at the time that wasn't me. That wasn't kind of the angle I saw myself going down. I used to just help my friend at the time. I would do deliveries kind of thing, just help him get his brand off the ground really. Yeah. Um, and then it was about a year later when I'd had a lot enough of the corporate environment, you know, external sales role, I, li- living in a in a new city in Lincoln in the UK, and I just saw a gap in the market. I was unfulfilled in in the corporate world, and yeah, I reached out to him. He was beginning franchising his small business, and I said, "Hey, look, you know what? I want to slice this. I, I can see the big gap in the market would work in in where I am." So yeah, I did that. I took it on. Um, I kept a full time job because you know being completely brand new to business you kind of you, 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 you it's scary there's no doubt about it like that the fear of god i'm giving up all the security the company car all the all the rubbish that comes with it but it's totally worth it it's totally worth it so i lived the franchisee kind of world for a good year or so um i left a full-time job and took this on a full board and again during a during the pandemic as well so it was great there for delivery it was the best thing i ever did um and then about so that we're in sort of late twenty, uh, late twenty twenty, um, and then a few years later, so mid twenty twenty two, I saw the, the franchise changed hands, so the co-founders kind of moved over, and it was bought out by another franchisor, which was actually really really good. Um, some franchisors with much more experience in the dessert game in particular came on board, and and we you know we changed the the, the brand and we introduced new items and many things like that, which was great. But I always felt like I could do I could do more and better myself sort of thing. So in July 22, I I bought a majority share in the franchisor. It wasn't technically for sale, but for me it was. Um, so yeah, I, I secured that. Um, we went for a massive rebrand. So we've changed the logo, uniforms, we've changed core focus, core values. We've changed a lot of things. Um, the friend and then obviously the franchising ops manual, all the rest that comes with being a franchise, you know, that's been done over the last year now. So yeah, um, that's kind of where we are at the moment. Um, it's been a, a, again because I because I understand the franchisees' pain and ex- expectation as a franchisor is quite a unique position to be in. While a lot of franchisors have a brand, but they take it so far and then just try to franchise out quickly. I've really understood the. Uh, the nuts and bolts, if you like, of the day-to-day life of the franchisees. I feel like it's really helped me relate to the the pain, you know, the the excitement of the journey that a franchisee goes through as a franchisor now myself. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It is, it's it's rare actually that you have someone who's been a franchisee of a brand then becoming the franchisor. It happens, but um it doesn't happen that often. And and I did I, I agree with you. It it must give a 
I've been a franchisee. So, you know, I've, I've trodden the shoes of franchisees uh, as a franchisee. And you do, you do start to understand like, like where things aren't working in terms of communication with the brand support, the perceptions of support, the, all, all of those things, tools, training you provided, um, whether it's around marketing or sales uh, or, or anything else as a franchisee, you kind of really rely on those things and, and where you're not helped, you, you kind of notice that. And, so to to stay in the same, uh, if you like, the same kind of column, the same the same path uh, with the same brand, and and doing that incredibly incredibly helpful as a franchisor, and you know no doubt it'll make you a way better franchisor um, than than otherwise. So you know I think that's that's uh, that's great. What what um, going back, do you know what what led to the decision to franchise the business in the first place? I mean, you might not have been involved in those decisions at the time, but what, how do you understand that came to be? Yeah. So I think the brand is very, it's very easily applicable in the food and in the food and beverage industry in particular. Um, again, I had a close relationship with the franchise at the time when he was discussing about, we're going to go down the franchise route. Ultimately their, their number one ambition was to, to franchise quickly and to be acquired ultimately, which is what happened. They made a sale. So um their, their personal direction was different to to what the brand needed at the time in my personal opinion um so ultimately it was the root of it works really well copy and paste it as much as possible which is where the second franchise that came on board was kind of of a different mindset of that we need to really hone the brand first before i think a lot of people struggle with franchising too quickly and growing for me growing too quickly you hear so many horror stories where a business does that whether a franchise or not a franchise obviously being a franchise you can grow a lot quicker per se um and it's obviously it comes from a franchisor's perspective within reason with less risk to do that however the the brand reputation can be damaged even more quicker as well if it's done incorrectly so i think the original the the, the initial drive to do it was to, to grow really quickly um so rightly wrongly for the wrong reasons i think actually applying the brakes slightly and really honing the model and putting the franchisee first and also it isn't about just it's not just about a franchise fee because that's yeah it's great it sounds great to franchise or that you're going to get x amount of money for the brand but it's the the ongoing support for me that's that's the real value i get out of someone seeing someone grow seeing someone leave that world of, of corporate whatever for them to honestly take those first steps and to believe in the brand is a massive and to believe in that I trust you as a franchisor to do this. That for me is far more important than any any fee or any ongoing royalty kind of thing. Well, that's that's a nice to have once it's established at this current moment in time. It's just about working with really good people and making that brand more popular and more more acknowledged in the UK ultimately, because that's what's what we're trying to do. We're in a very competitive market and trying to get as many people aware of the brands. But in the in a really different way because we can see from our reviews the customers love what we do so if we can share that quicker fantastic but it has to be done in the right way yeah and, and so so yeah let's come to the product let's come to to how good it tastes and looks and all that that's kind of the stuff and where where did where does that come from like how how was that developed how was the product developed and, and the range of products and um where did that come from and how's that maintained now or changed now yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the product originally came from um, the original franchisor baking a cake from his mum's kitchen. It came from as simple as that, literally limited limited equipment. It came from what's in the cupboard. I can whip up a brownie really, really quickly. Um, and then it kind of grew arms and legs from there, really. Um, Say so the, the product 
at the time it was all being made on site fresh every single day which is is fantastic but obviously how do you franchise that model out that's really difficult so we had to go through quite an extensive process of holding down a recipe um it's one thing i did quite early on when i came on board i looked at the recipe and said the quality is there but it, it could be improved and it could be improved by taking away some ingredients which were actually having an opposite effect on the brand and the quality of the of the products um i think because when the when the brand initially started it's starting quite a small town in northamptonshire about a small place called corby if anyone anyone knows that place but it's a very very small town it's quite a working class town as well and the the volume was wasn't there really so they had to make change the recipe to make it kind of work and to be cost effective so ultimately as we grew into a bigger city which where we are now now the uh the quality had to increase and as did the volumes kind of thing so we went down quite an extensive route of developing the products um to the point where now it can be it can be mass produced but using a local supplier at the heart of where it actually originally began so we still use the exact same supplier um, where the, the original recipe was developed and that is now rolled out to all our stores now so they you all use the same products but we still kept the essence of the ingredients are the same and the quality is is always first and foremost the most important thing um so that's kind of where we're going like brownies is kind of where this is where the design came from it's where the a lot of the branding was done originally um and then the simple kind of side of it is obviously the sinning is the, the the treat the devil um and the, the, the simple feel um is that pretty much every every product can be made with sort of four main components so it makes it really simple for all franchisees who don't need they don't need baking experience they don't need to have i mean the passion for desserts is important but more more important is the passion to give really good service and as cheesy as it sounds as cliche as it sounds that is number one what's going to make us different in our space because again there's some there's some big players in our space who can mass reduce items a lot cheaper than we can of course they can but with that comes its own pain points and at the moment yeah we're finding keeping portions and keeping quality at the forefront is, is winning right now uh, yeah no adam i was just you mentioning the devil what's your tagline because I, I read it i've forgotten it now but it was really cool yeah like, yeah what is it? um it's it's changed over the years i mean it was it's been things uh, such as sitting sitting made simple but at the moment it's uh, um it's desserts so good that the devil wants them back so we've had a lot of fun with this cool fun brand on the sinning and the devils and, and the kind of thing without going too religious because you know that's a dangerous place to go um but not religious at all myself and and with all due respect but it's we can have a lot of cheeky fun with the brand you know lots of strap lines things like that so the the marketing team that we've worked with since i've taken over um yeah we've really redeveloped the brand and um yeah we, we, we have a lot of fun with it for sure good um yeah adam I, i'm always really interested like the uh, i'm always interested in understanding like when you had your kind of corporate life corporate career if you like and um what at the what at that time did you know about franchising and and when when do you think you really knew what franchising was um because there's yeah. obviously a big difference in thinking you know what franchising is you're not involved and then then to getting involved so do, do you remember um that yeah i mean to be fair when i when i before being a franchisee um it is never like a, a model i considered obviously you hear about the large brands the mcdonald's subways what it may be um and i think ultimately as a franchisee you, you you get excited about the fear of starting a business is is this 
oh, but actually someone can offer this for somewhat of a small fee, to be honest with you, because of the amount of you know, the time and the testing and the failure rate of, of not being a franchise is, is so large. Um, but having that turnkey solution was kind of what I thought franchising was. And I wouldn't say a guaranteed amount of success, but there's, there's, a, there's a much stronger chance of success within reason um, for that. So I think for me, I didn't know an awful lot of franchising, but I, I, I always looked at it as it's a big brand. You're getting a brand and with that becomes so much, so much power and makes everything so much easier. Um, but the sort of reality of it really is from a franchise or perspective now, especially after doing this sort of, sort of for a full year plus now is that it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. And as much as you, you feel like, right, we've got it, we've got it nailed down. We've got the, you know, excuse the pun, but the ingredients for a franchise working really, really well, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. Um, and that's great because it's the franchisee's feedback that's giving you that constant over time. Um, I think being humble and listening and taking on board what they're saying and what they're feeling in, in different markets, especially because we, we're in a very small part of the UK, for example. And as we grow, we develop, we learn different different patterns of customer behavior um, and, and better ways of doing what we do currently. So I think dropping that you know franchise all knows all and knows best you know you've got to be open to to development and and feedback ultimately because that's what i found more than ever um and our franchisees that we have are are, are a key to our success ultimately without them we wouldn't be here we wouldn't be a franchise full stop so um yeah it's it's really important just to just to be ready to change and being quite a small franchise we have that ability to constantly be able to be humble be able to change um and develop as we go but because the franchise it, yeah it's constantly growing it's constantly developing which is is really exciting but yeah it's 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 constant i guess is the best way i can put it yeah no it's 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 uh no it's right i mean we we you know we describe it like internally when we talk amongst ourselves or you know as consultants um and with our clients in fact we always talk about the franchising journey um, and, and, and the idea of a journey is almost like you sat on a train and the landscape is changing all the time. You're, you're getting off and you're having to adapt to the new situation you find yourself in, whether that's culturally or, you know, wh whatever the environment is. Um, it's just kind of the analogy that we, we, we kind of treat franchising as a journey in that, in that way. And, um, and you're, you're just constantly picking up, ideas along the way and developing you know developing the models uh and and everything else and so so you're 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 at a in a way you're at the beginning of a, of a journey in in many ways um and franchising can be a long journey um what would you say are the biggest kind of hurdles you've had to overcome either personally or as a business so far well there'll be more but so far yeah so far no great question i mean it's it... The, the sort of elephant in the room is is the economy is is the kind of where but all businesses are in the same boat so i don't like to use that as an excuse at all because you know it's i always see that these sort of times are a great opportunity to grow and develop um i think from my my personal experience was that when i when i joined as a franchisee i came at the, the perfect time i came at a time when there was um, where there was yeah, a lot of help from the government in terms of uh, furlough schemes and and kind of what we do in particular being a delivery model it was the absolute best time to open a delivery business we got on the map really really quickly um with pubs restaurants all that being closed you know delivery in particular um and desserts in particular at the time in our actual area was quite a there wasn't many people doing it so you know we hit the market now on the head really really well however 
obviously the, the benefits of that we grew really quickly, which is great. So my expectations are that every franchisee will have the same journey, which is not always the case, especially because, you know, time, I think looking at our, so we have a, a new a, a Doncaster um, franchisee, a great guy called Jack, really, really, you know, I couldn't ask for a better franchisee. And that's not just me saying it for this podcast. I generally couldn't ask for someone who's as open-minded and happy to adapt um, to the situation. But I think the challenge there has been, he's gone for a bigger premises and we've changed the model for more of a dining kind of model because I can see where the trend is going is that delivery is really, really important, but it's just staying as a, a delivery only business also comes with its risks with rising costs and things like that. So we've had to change the model to to suit a changing, evolving world. Um, customer demand is, is, is still high and still there. Um, so I think the challenge has been that I personally don't have what didn't have the experience about to guide him as much as I would like to um, from an operations, from a financial, from all the other marketing, all that absolutely fine. But the actual model is, is slightly different that my franchisee is doing now um, and it's going really, really well. So it's all great. So I think changing so much and a time when the world has changed so much has been really difficult to be able to give an exact, here you go, here's the ops manual, follow this, you'll be fine because things are always changing. Ultimately, so it goes back to a point I made earlier on is that that's been one of the most difficult things is that coping with change um, and also, you know, we've implemented, when I, when I came on board, we rebranded, we changed lots of things, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we also introduced some new uh, IT systems, new operating systems for the actual store. So POS systems, things like that um and again that's been a learning curve with the franchisee has come on board with me but i've been you know i've involved him in the meetings as high a level as i can do with with new suppliers with with our new it systems things like that so he's really felt a part of the brand as opposed to just being a franchisee with a, a not saying to follow follow he's sort of had a different experience than most franchises would have um but i think it's all for the better because it makes him really believe in the brands and feel part of the team here um which is really really important so yeah i hope that answers the question but basically yeah just the rate of change and being able to consistently de de deliver that on a regular regular basis really um and our next franchisee in the pipeline now they will have a slightly different experience again so always improving on that experience but what can we learn from the shop fit what can we learn from not getting the signage ready in time, things like that. So the next one doesn't have to go through quite that as much pain sort of thing. So yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Definitely. Yeah, no, I think, I think the first, you know, the first few franchisees with any model, um, they are, they're effectively kind of a pilot and, um, yeah. and, 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 because they're a pilot, there's a load of benefits that 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 they get. Um, you know, typically they are going to pay less of a fee because they they're coming in at the beginning. They're taking more of a risk, if you like. Um, the 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 big benefit is also that they, um, you know, they get to help shape the brand. You know, the model. They they get to feedback and actually be listened to. Um, you know, if they're number fifty or fifty one or fifty two, like a lot of it's already been figured out by then. You know, their their input is not really going to have much of an impact on the business and so it's a, it's a if you find it if you find the right people it's uh, i think it's the best it's the best stage of the journey but it can be the worst <laughs> and um and, and and it sounds like with you it's it's a really good part of the journey and and yes you're always learning there's always hurdles you're always tweaking but but as long as um you know the franchisees are on board with that they're working with you they understand that you're not the oracle yeah. uh and and then that's really important and i think that's probably a really good message to get out there to, to business owners that franchise their business 
don't try and be the oracle um, at the beginning uh, because because you, you you're not and you can't be and you might you might feel you need to be to give confidence to new franchisees or but it actually is way better to be open and explain to people you know we're still figuring stuff out but we want your help we want your involvement in in doing that and um, almost make them seem like a partner you know of the brand in more in more than just a franchise agreement way so um, no 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 that's really yeah, that, that's that's really really interesting. Um, you, you say you say all of that, Adam. So, um, I, I suppose on the you know on the other side, we're talking about hurdles and things. But away from the kind of commercial elements um, of an answer, where like where do you look to success in franchising or as a franchise brand? Like what what are you? And and it could be a future goal of success, or or it could be something you see now as as, as a success and. But but what do you see as as success as a franchisor? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so we we use a a business operating system called EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, which we've got a lot a lot of a lot of great benefits from. So we set out a, a ten year goal, a three year plan, and sort of like a one year target, if you like. So um, as a as a as a franchisor and a franchisee, because the, the the brands, yeah, the, the two kind of mixed together. Because being a franchisee, still we have a, a personal goals for this current store, um, but also the franchise as well. So they kind of the, the the water gets muddy between the two slightly, sort of thing. So we've got an ambitious goal as a ten year target of just as having one in every city in the UK, one in every major city in the UK, which comes around fifty fifty one. Um, so we've already ticked off two of those already. So we just we continue to grow. And I think it's important having a big, scary, ambitious goal because it gives you that drive and it makes the this, the team I've got here, the current store, um, it me it makes them believe in a big vision. They're not just here making desserts in a in a in a small premises on a November cold evening kind of thing. They need something that's driving that behaviour sort of thing. Um, as great as the team is here and the, the spirit and things, it, it needs to be. You want to feel part of something bigger ultimately, which is why the franchisees also feel the same. Um, but ultimately having a, a big scary and, and financials put aside the target it's important to me but what's more important to me um and it's a feeling that i got as i left the jack first franchisee was the seeing him go from getting his keys doing a shop fit learning everything training him everything and seeing him change the person that was the most important thing to me to see him walk away thinking he's gonna be absolutely fine i, I kind of i remember this day sort of in like it was a it was my god it was like february it was cold rainy evening as we left the store just as the, the kind of shop with it was done and it was like he was so appreciative of the, of the effort and seeing that person going from again he's a, a corporate accountant himself taking that leap putting his his trust and his faith in, in me as a person but ultimately the brand um and connecting with his his immediate family as well was really important because i i never wanted Franchising can be scary for someone who you're putting trust in someone you don't know ultimately. So to have that connection, that bond with him personally and his family, immediate family around that, who were all involved in the shop fit, they was there with paintbrushes and we did a big brick slip wall. We did all that kind of thing. And that was really important. But walking away and thinking, yes, this person's going to be absolutely fine. Um, and he's going to be, although this next few years can be very difficult and very stressful for him, it's all going to be worthwhile. Um so I think that's the biggest thing for me is, is finding people who want to change their current life situation. And, you know, because hand on heart, we've not charged a single penny royalties yet because the most important thing is that he goes through a similar journey as I did 
And the most important thing is that he's profitable and he's happy with it kind of thing. So the money side of it isn't, isn't important to me in the slightest anymore. Um, the, the important thing is to see someone change and grow as a person and really develop a business, a growing business and offer constant feedback to how we can prove that everyone else moving forward eventually. So yeah, that I hope that answers your question, but basically it's more about the person and the individual than it is ever about the money for me at all. Um, you know, th- that will come as long as we do the groundwork and get the, the right things in place now. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, uh, that's the right answer, Adam. <laughs> if you can have a right answer, that's a, that's, that's a brilliant answer. So, and, and so look, anyone listening out there who might be either themselves interested or know someone who might be interested um, in a sim- simple treats franchise opportunity if you like what's the best way of them either getting in contact with you directly or finding out more about it um kind of in the background what 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 would you where would you direct them yeah so i mean 100 being the face of the brand it would be absolutely direct to myself um as it stands we so our, our first franchisee jack we found we, we did a franchise roadshow and, and we met him there and we and we grew the brand from there but the brand's been through such a a change in the last year uh, we've not actively been marketing it to to get new franchisee because again going back to an early point I don't see the benefit in just growing 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 because I think if you can't grow sustainably it, it's, it's going to ultimately it's not it's going to fail um, so ultimately yeah directly to myself so we're having chats at the moment I went for a coffee last Friday with a new franchisee who's who's interested in doing a brand and that's the most important thing to me is to understand them as a person, what's going on in their life, why do they want to do this more than just getting, you know, loads of people who are interested in, and, and, you know, I want to get the right person more than anything for me um, because obviously I want them to be a success. You know, I don't want them to be a, one of the 95% of businesses that fail in the first three to five years. I want them to be a success ultimately. So to answer your question, you know, we have a, we have social media, we have an Instagram, um, but also, you know, come directly through, through to me. Call me at the shop. I don't mind how it is, night or day. Um, email doesn't matter. You know, if you're interested and you want to talk and you just want to learn a little bit about it, we can do that. Um, and obviously, yeah, we've got we've got things that we can share with you. But ultimately, I, I would like to start with a coffee. That's think how some of the best conversations always start. Yeah, I agree. Conversations over coffee. I got you. So, all right, okay, Adam. Well, listen, that's been that's been great, and um, uh, thanks. You know, thanks so much for your time um and uh hopefully we'll we'll bump into you at some point we're not awesome. too far away from you. each other so Thank all you right so cheers adam cheers, cheers. Now.